everyone. Welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is episode 79 on July 28, 2021. I am Sarah, and I am here with Tyler. How are you, Tyler? Good, thank you. You're welcome. What's up? What's up with you? Mm, not much. Not yeah. big much. Haven't been playing anything no. recently? No. Just... Playing life. Wow, that's fun. <laughs> We've been playing Uno. That's <laughs> <laughs> As good as it gets. Well, technically, we started playing a couple of new things last week. We're in the middle of. Um, we started a new visual novel, and we mm-hmm. started um, a new RPG, which you're going to read to me. Do you want to talk about the visual novel a little bit? We never even talked about Doki Doki. You you want to give some final thoughts on that, then? We never even said we started it. Well, then what's the point of getting into it now? Because we well, got to get. I don't know. Doki Doki Literature Club is good. There you go. Boom. <laughs> very informative (laughs) did you like it tyler it was interesting it's like it's a visual novel so it's Uh like a game you read but it's about dating four girls but it's not really about dating four girls there you go there's a whole plot yeah i don't really know if that incentivizes (laughs) someone one way or the other to play it or not it's very vague um but now we started 428 shibuya cross is it crossing Scramble? Either. Scramble. Maybe. Um, which is another another visual novel, but it's live action. Kind of. Ish. Yeah. Like the pictures are going on and the people are running in this in the scramble. It's hard to explain. Yeah. It's like one of those choose your own adventure books. Yes. Back in the day, if you remember those. Yeah. It's got yeah, it's got an interesting hook so far with the presentation. I'll say that. We were only a couple hours in. It's we'll a detective on Friday, thing though. Like it's a murder or uh, uh, uh what do you call that? A Abduction, abduction yeah, thing. Abduction. So we're trying to figure out that mystery currently. Yeah, that's it seems interesting. Yeah, we'll see where it leads. Um, and yes, we started Zeno Gears, yeah, which, which is a PS1, PS1 RPG. RPG. Yes. So we'll see how long Tyler keeps reading that to me. Well, again, the the plot and the, the premise intrigues me. But you don't play games like I play, like I play them, and that uh-huh. bothers me. Like you play it like once a week, and I can deal with that for visual novels. Right. But when it comes to like an RPG. The story has already leaked out of my brain. Like I like how to play the game has already gone. It's to the wayside. I'll hop, I don't want to keep reading an FAQ every time I open up a game. All right. So, I'm just telling you right now. Um you've been watching a new show? Yeah. I started watching. It's I think it originally started like it aired in 2018. It was originally on, I think it was exclusively on, you had to have like the Paramount Network, mm. or I think if you were watching it like on Canadian cable, it may, maybe it was available through, um, what's it called, Spike, was Spike TV even still a thing back then? I, I think so. I think Spike TV had a, if you had Spike, it was part of that, but otherwise you had to watch it online somewhere like through a VPN or something. But anyways, good thing, good news is now it's on Amazon Prime, and they have all three seasons on there, which is what it's up to date. Like fourth season, mm. I believe, is filming, it's supposed to come out next year, so all three Current seasons are on Amazon Prime, and what intrigued me about it, I heard I heard good things, really good word of mouth on it, but also to the the cast, the director, the director and the, and the setting primarily is what drew me in. It's directed by Taylor Sheridan, who I probably mentioned several times on this podcast before. He directed Hell or High Water. Well, he wrote Hell or High Water. Gosh darn it! He directed directed Wind River, that one. and also wrote that one. And he also wrote the screenplay for Sicario and Sicario Two. You didn't like Sicario Two. It wasn't as good as number one, but I think that had more to do with the directing, not the writing. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, I'll just say uh, his strength definitely as a writer, um, and obviously he, he tends to stick to the same themes. Yes, that's which, true. which I like. He's very comfortable at. It. He doesn't try and like go out of his comfort zone. Oh, he also did that other one. Sorry, that I watched earlier this year. Remember that one? Um, Those who wish me dead. 
He did that adaptation. Oh gosh, those who wish. Oh, with Angelina Jolie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 So yeah, he, when he sticks to the sort of Montana wilderness yes, type it. thing, that's his theme. Yeah, it's really indigenous good. themes too. Usually, yep. Yeah, something to do with reservations and natives. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so anyways, the the series I mentioned it's called Yellowstone. Uh, it's based on so the main character Kevin Costner basically owns a ranch in Montana, huge like they said what they say thirty thousand acres or something like that. Um, and the movie's just it's it's a the movie not the movie sorry the series so far I'm only four episodes in on the first season I think it's nine episodes. Uh, it's about like family dynamic power struggle like you have you have this you have the patriarch of the family you have Kevin Costner's character John Dutton and then he's got his um, four kids who are uh, all have different roles in the family three boys and a daughter yeah three sons and a daughter um yeah i just like i said if i find the premise really intriguing so far i've heard it definitely goes places like it's a lot better in the second and third season once you've kind of established all the characters and gotten all that out of the way you can kind of focus more on i don't know just progressing the plot instead of the family dynamic stuff but yeah i'm intrigued so far it's you know your typical 45 minute episodes pacing seems to be really good so far it hasn't dragged for me I'm very, very. I'm always curious to learn more about the characters so far. So it's doing a really good job of keeping my interest. I'll, I'll probably finish the first season within the next week or so, and then hopefully move on to season two, and then we'll see. And you restarted Justified. Yep, and I have restarted watching <laughs> uh, Justified, the series that aired on on uh, was it FX originally? I think it was FX. Was it, it? it aired on yeah, it started in 2010, I believe, and I think it ended sometime in 20. 16, 2017. I didn't realize that old. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, Justified, great show. I mean, I, I've seen, I've definitely seen the first three seasons in in the past. I started watching season four, I believe, years ago, and I just kind of lost interest. I heard that's, either, no, season four or season five, one of them is, is weaker than the others, but I heard the series finishes strong, so I really want to finish season six so I can just kind of see the whole arc. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's another great, you know, if you like Western shows that are deal with like Clint Eastwood type you know, lawmen. You know, Timothy Oliphant does a great job playing Raylan Givens. Mm. Um, I, I love again. I love, what I love about that show is besides the main characters, beside between Raylan and, and his, I guess you want to call it nemesis, Boyd Crowder. Nemesis. Well, because they they're, they have a interesting. That's the one thing I love about the show is the interesting relationship he has with what you consider basically the antagonist of season one, who's Raylan's old friend. Who eventually, as the series progresses, they become more friends and enemies, but they're still on opposite sides of the lot, right? So the whole dynamic between the two of them, the power struggle, I find very interesting. So yes, that's what I've been watching lately. <laughs> Nothing much in the way of movies per se. Nothing new, but I might go to the movies next month. I want to see Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, I figured. Yes, and I'll be going alone. <laughs> I don't think Sarah's gonna want to take a walk. Not that a one. chance. But wow. thank you for trying. Okay. <laughs> Shall we get into the topic? The year two thousand seven, uh, right. part three. <laughs> it has to have an epic start. So yes, um, I don't have the exact month written down here, but I'm pretty sure this is like July. Like onward. Yeah. So the the first movie on this list is from July. I remember, and then yeah, cause I'm pretty sure like July. This one's August. We're getting into this. You're getting into like July to September range here mm-hmm. for, for 2007. So, the money makers. I guess I should preface, even though people who are listening to this have probably heard some of the other previous episodes. But in case you haven't, what we are doing here is I have been sort of recapping my favorite films from the year 2007. Just giving a brief, um, not even a synopsis, just my brief impressions on each film, why I enjoyed it, why I believe it deserves a place on my list of the, well, currently, which is the, the top, is it 25? Yeah. 
Oh, there's 30 on here. No, there's 25. I'm stupid. Sorry. <laughs> there's 25 movies on this list. So currently we have talked about 10 of them already. So we are going to talk about the next five on the list. And, and Tyler has been trying to convince everybody that 2007 is the best year ever for movies. I think it's a pretty common <laughs> um, cons- consensus if you read online that 07, at least in the last like 20 to 30 years, mm. is probably the best the best year of films in terms of quality. But anyways, we are, I'm just doing these, these movies chronologically. This is not a ranking list in any way. I will do that at a later date. So for now, we are getting into July of 07. And we're going to start off with a movie that you and I saw together in theaters. Oh, we did? On a date. Oh, no. We were... What did we watch? It's going to be this, Easter this, Promises, this, isn't it? No, I was going to say, this would actually be pretty early on because we like just started dating <gasps> when this I came know what out. it is. What? Is it Born? Which one? Oh, gosh. The last one. Uh, yeah, the last identity. one. No, the last, the last good one. The last one of the trilogy, if you want yeah, to call yeah, it yeah. that. The uh, supremacy identity. Oh, you uh, ultimatum. There you go. Got it. The Bourne ultimatum. Yes, the end. Uh, I guess if you want to call it the end of the Jason Bourne trilogy, because obviously they made another one after this, but that was the one that Jeremy Renner was in, the Bourne Legacy. Yeah, really and then I think back in like 2016, Matt Damon did come back and do another one that was just called Jason Bourne. Didn't watch it. Which did pick up at, at which did pick up after this film, but. They're loosely connected. I, I would say the original trilogy, like you had mentioned, Identity, Supremacy, Ultimatum, that's the definitive. That is, of, in my mind. Yeah. And of out of those three, I would say Ultimatum is the strongest. For sure. Um, I think they pro- the movies progressively got better. Um, not necessarily, like, Matt Damon is pretty much the same in all three films like, in terms of his same acting. The Moby yeah, song. he doesn't, you know, <laughs> the soundtrack, yeah. <laughs> but I would just say, yeah, like, I don't know, like, the the action, especially in the third one, I felt really stepped up. Uh, that's what I thought you'd say. Yeah, like the, um, the fight scene. And there's, there's the whole scene at the beginning apartment. when they're in that um, the airport, the Waterloo, mm. and they're that uh, thing where um, Bourne's trying to lead the reporter through the station, mm-hmm. through all the cameras and everything. And then you have, yeah, and then you have like this epic one-on-one fight with that guy in um, somewhere in uh, the Middle East. I can't remember what country they were in at the time, but yeah, that was a great fight scene. And then, yeah, there's that car chase near the end when he's driving the, yes. the police car through New York City. And yeah, just like all around, just great action films. Well, so well-paced. Um and obviously, if you'd seen the other two films up to that point, it's kind of, it kind of does wrap a nice bow on the end of the trilogy mm-hmm. there. Um, some nice, more, some little bit more character development and fleshing out some of the backstory. So, mm-hmm. and the antagonist was good. the antagonist in all three of the films is always good. They always get that old white yeah, guy that has to chase down Bourne. Well. Yeah, yeah, they always have good veteran actors. Like in the first one, you had Chris Cooper chase him down in you know Paris or whatever, and then number two, you had brian cox chasing him down at the uh in russia i think it was yeah they're in russia at the end of that one right and then the third one now you have um david strathern i believe his name's pronounced he's another great veteran actor. he's in new york city trying to track down born so much more believable than any bond villain yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i really enjoyed the film um i mean like i said i you know i still remember seeing it in theaters um i don't know if you remember it that well but it was i do yeah only because you said I'm going to be scared, and it's very intense. So I need to hold your hand. I think I was going to be scared. No, I said when I in, when the action scenes get really intense, I tend to get really excitable, and then I'll be like, grab, like you know, reaching over, grabbing your leg, or like trying to grab, like, like, hey, did you see that? Did you see that? It's so cool. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I still do that nowadays. Even I know. I'm just degree. saying, early in a relationship, it's pretty. Pricey. Yeah, you probably thought I was kind of crazy. But, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I mean, like I said, these films have been out for almost. 15 years now I'm, i don't think they're on netflix right now but you can probably find it streaming I, yeah. somewhere it's on tv quite often yeah they're on tv so. all the time but i'm sure somewhere streaming it 
Um, all right. Next one we have on the list is definitely one you haven't seen. Um, and it's probably one of the ones that I, I debated putting this on my list because I don't necessarily think it's a great film, but yet I always find myself wanting to rewatch it, like whether it's on TV or sometimes if I'm just browsing something on Netflix and I come across it, I'm like, yeah, I like that film because it's, it's a, just like a breezy, like, you know, hour 40-ish type action film fits that right mold. And, and it's one of those ones if you're in the mood for a nice, like, revenge story. It's just one of those. So just preface by saying the movie is called Death Sentence. Oh, not not to be confused with like Death Wish or any of those movies. I tried no. not to. Like this one is I didn't realize till I looked up earlier. This was actually based on a book from like the seventies. So it, was an, it is an adaptation of a, a book, same title from the seventies called Death Sentence. But it's directed by James Wan, and this was the first film he directed after Saw. Oh, so he did Saw, and then he did this one. So it's a bit different for him because he usually tends to stick to horror. If you look at his filmography, aside from what he did Saw, he did this one. He did a couple of those Conjuring films, which are also horror films, and then the mm-hmm. one the one where he kind of also stepped out of his comfort zone would be like uh, he did Aquaman. So oh, but Aquaman's good, isn't it? It is. Yep. So he's a really good director, and he's he's definitely obviously very skilled at different genres. But this was him sort of taking on a like when you saw the trailer for this originally. This came out obviously after like actually was it after? I'm sorry, I, 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 I correct myself. I was gonna say it came out after Taken, but I think it actually came out a year before Taken. So Taken. Oh, sorry. But it's not not to say that it's like Taken. I just mean like. There's a lot of those movies that came out like between I feel like between like 05 and 2010 that were all these like revenge thriller types where like a parent or family members get revenge on something. So basically, in this case, long story short, for the plot, you have Kevin Bacon playing the main character, and he's his father get or Jesus father his son sorry his teenage son gets murdered at a convenience store robbery one day, and he he sort of like catches the guy who like he tackles the guy who who runs out of the store after he kills his son and then the guy gets hit by a car in the in the street and then the, so long story short the guy gets hospitalized the the criminal and then uh a court um the prosecutors tell kevin bacon that um you know the guy's only going to get manslaughter instead of murder because there's like I don't know, lack of witnesses or something i don't mm-hmm. know what the, remember the reason was but so basically kevin bacon's character forgets that he like saw the guy like he feigns like, like ignorance so that the guy will get released and then kevin bacon just kind of like hunts him down oh. and kills him himself to, to get a little bit of quick revenge right but then that that all happens in the first 20 minutes of the film it's not much of a spoiler but i understand why it's called death sentence yeah now. so but what kicks off the rest of the film is now once this character gets killed by once the guy gets killed by kevin bacon's character the guy's older brother who's part of a gang they're all like oh now you just earned your family a death sentence right so basically the whole rest of the film is about kevin bacon trying to protect his family against this like rival gang so it's you know you get a lot of that home invasion thriller stuff. Mm. It's a very it's it's a very competently made film. Like it's you can tell it's like a bit low Competent. budget. That doesn't sound like it belongs on a 2007 epic list. Well, no, I'm just saying it doesn't. From in terms of a critical perspective, definitely it does not belong on this list. It's not going to be like an award winning film or anything. But like I said, if you're looking for one of those quick consumable revenge thrillers, and I think I'll give credit to the acting. Kevin Bacon has a great job. John Goodman's got a great little hmm. if you want to call it cameo role, five to six minutes in the movie, but his scene is really great. And yeah, it's just one of those films that I think it has a really good ending too. It's a sort of like a spoiler, but I'll say it's not the ending you'd expect. Okay. So yeah, I think it's a good film. It's I mean, if I'm going to recommend something, I'm looking at my list here. You know, I mean, if I'm going to, if I'm already, ugh, sorry, if I've already recommended a couple of films earlier on this list, like you know, Seraphim Falls, Smoke and Aces, even like Grindhouse stuff, like this is in the vein of that. You know, but Smoke and Aces is awesome. Yeah, but again, I'm talking about a film that was critically panned. <laughs> That's true. That I see know, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So. Don't worry, I'm going to make up for it with the next couple of movies on the list. So I'm not saying it's bad. I haven't seen it. Before. No, no, I know. I'm saying like once I concite, if, I try, if, I, if I'm going to take this list of 25 films and turn it into my top 10, this one won't be in my top 10. Okay. I'll just say that. Okay. But it's still a good action film. Um, next on the list, though, this one very well could be top 10. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. One of my favorite westerns. 
of 07. Oh, and and no. I say I say that, but there is many westerns in 07. So like I've already mentioned one, the Seraphim Falls earlier on this list. There's gonna be a couple more to follow after this mm-hmm. one, but this one might be the most um, commercially accessible. Let's put it that way, mm-hmm. in terms of entertainment and appealing to a wide audience because of the acting and and just the storyline in general. Mm-hmm. It's a remake of of the western the same of this of the same name from the i believe it was the 50s when the original western came out so it was basically a remake mm-hmm. same character names they changed a little bit of the plot but we're talking about 310 to yuma mm-hmm. yeah, you have a little more disdain in your voice mm-hmm. <laughs> what's wrong there's nothing wrong with this film it's a western yeah oh so it's on that on your bad list i know yeah. but still but they do not kind of agree with what I'd say, how it's a more accessible mainstream Western film. It, it is it, the most non-Western Western. In what way do you... I don't know. Like, it's it's not as slow and boring as... Right. Western. I mean, it's not along the same vein as, like, a Clint Eastwood Western no. or, you know, even, like, some of the other Westerns from the 60s and 70s. That Would were you just... call Django a Western? Well, based on the setting, yeah. Django is technically a Western. I also say that's probably in the same vein, but that's more exciting. Right. Yeah, well, it's Tar- <laughs> Tarantino's take on a Western, so yeah. Uh, but So anyways, 310 Yuma was directed by James Mangold. Probably mentioned his name on here before because he's, he's a really good director. He's done, um, he did um, like Walk the Line. He did Logan. Um, I know Logan. Oh, it's the other. I always draw a blank on him. He, he is a really good filmmaker, though. I've, I don't know why for some reason the only thing that comes to mind right now is he did that one with Tom Cruise called Night and Day, which was a good action film. Good, like, comedy action film 2010 2011 anyway i feel like i'm missing another big one he did mangled come on anyway he's a good (laughs) brain come on brain but uh 310 starring christian bale and russell crowe oh my gosh christian bale was in this oh my goodness i only remember russell crowe the protagonist i thought russell crowe was the protagonist well depending on how you want to look at they both share the screen time together but technically russell crowe's character is the antagonist he's part of the gang that i guess so bale's character dan evans is just like the good family rancher no idea christian bale was in it Anyway, <laughs> so he literally he literally did this movie did this movie between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Oh man, he so you gotta like slim two. down and get all. Bu- he, he did have to, he needed slim down a little bit again for this one, yeah. But but uh, yeah, but the dynamic between the two, like they do share a lot of time together after the first twenty minutes or so in the movie. You see a lot of Christian Bale and Russell Crowe on screen together. Um, there's a lot of other good actors in the film, like Ben Foster plays another great role as sort of like the other antagonist in the gang when Russell Crowe gets sort of like captured let's say at the beginning of the film and he has to go along with the rest of the plot with Bale's character right the, the other part the other member of the gang his name's Charlie Prince he's one played by Ben Foster is the other brother from Hell or High Water remember oh the... okay okay yep so not the Captain Picard that was right. Chris Pine yeah. <laughs> I remember him <laughs> trying to give you references here but Star Trek is a good reference point <laughs> but um but yeah like I said I I'll, I'll admit I don't think I've ever seen the original 310 Yuma from the 50s I believe it was was it Henry? No, it wasn't Henry. Glenn Ford. I think Glenn Ford was in that one, and I can't remember the other actor's name, but I've... And that was always, that obviously would have been like a black and white Western back in the day, but I heard that was really good. I would like to rewatch it someday just to compare it to... But I had heard that the characterization in this one with Russell Crowe's character was very different from the original. Like, in the original, you're really supposed to hate the character. And this oh. one... And this one probably because Russell Crowe is so darn charming in this film. Like he, <laughs> Yeah, he's likable. Yeah. Like, um, he's a bad character. He, yeah. he does bad things in the film, but you don't really want to hate him. Nope. <laughs> Um, and I'll just say, I, I think the last, it's a really good film, really well paced. I'm talking about the current one, obviously, the O7 mm-hmm. version we're talking about. But I'll say the last half hour of the film is probably my favorite, like, last arc or last act of a Western ever. Mm. I think the last, the whole last scene, but there's, there's this whole scene, like, I'm not going to spoil, chugga, but, chugga, chugga. well, yeah, the train thing. But um, basically, like, for the whole, like, last act of the film, Bill and 
and Crow's character like holed up in a hotel room just waiting for this train to come so he can put him on this train to prison and uh, the conversation they have in the hotel and then what's what comes after that this huge shootout they have in the town the whole thing is just amazing filmmaking and the music's great and there's even a, like a character arc there's a dynamic there between Bale's character and his oldest son mm. his oldest son kind of despises him being in the film or dislikes him and that sort of t- turns towards the end but I won't spoil why but anyways it's really good film um, unfortunately I don't it was on Netflix at one point. I don't know if it is right now. If it is, definitely go watch it. But if not, try and track down a Blu-ray copy somewhere. It's a really good film. I think it's worth watching. Even if you're not a Western fan, I think you'd still it's find tolerable. it enjoyable. Okay, yes. sure. For a non-Western liker, is that a word? For a person that doesn't watch Westerns, it is. That, that's that's as close as Sarah will get to a seal of approval for a Western. Yeah. So take that with a yeah. Yeah. consideration. Um, Next one on the list, I am pretty, I'm like 95% sure we saw this in theaters together. I know I definitely did. I'm pretty sure you were with me when we saw it. The next one, sorry, the next movie on this list is probably, probably Next to Smoke and Aces, the most entertaining film on this list that is also not necessarily critically loved. Like, this isn't going to win any awards or anything, but it's a movie I can always rewatch because. It's Shrek 3 now. No, it's not Shrek 3. <laughs> um. <laughs> but the movie, but honestly, this movie, this movie, I don't feel like a lot of people know about it. Or if they have the problem too, again, it's a very generic title like other movies on this list. But I think people really need to watch the movie if they haven't seen it before. It's called Shoot 'Em Up. I love Shoot 'Em Up. Yeah. I love Shoot 'Em okay, Up. Okay, so tell me, you, you probably seen, haven't seen it for a while. Tell me what you remember about it or what. I remember the beginning. Out. It's about a baby, and then okay. um, the. Uh, Clive Owen protects yeah, the very baby. Good, very good, Clive Owen. Yeah. And then there's great music that goes on <laughs> and such a good shooting. Soundtrack, yeah. And yeah, it's pretty much like a chase movie. This movie is just like this movie is such a bare bones plot, and it's so lean. Like the pacing, it just never stops. No. Like once the once the opening it's scene, on. yeah, it's like it's probably like only like 100 minutes with with credits. Yeah, but like you said, the action it's like nonstop action. The soundtrack's amazing. You have Clive Owen playing this amazing role as like this, you know. It's almost like they plucked Clive Owen out of a Western and put him in a, in a modern <laughs> setting. That's what it feels like. Like, he doesn't have a, he has a lot of cheesy one-liners. Mm-hmm. And, like, the beginning of the film just shows him literally – I'm not spoiling anything here. But the beginning of the film, literally the first shot is him sitting on, a like, a bus station bench in the seedy part of town. And he's just eating a carrot. Like, yeah, a whole yeah, carrot. He's just chewing too. on it. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, this pregnant lady stumbles by. She's, like, about to give birth. She stumbles into this, like, warehouse. And this guy starts chasing her with a gun. And it's like Clive Owen's like, all right, well, time to go check this out. So then from there, he just starts shooting everybody, and yeah. I won't spoil what happens. But the the plot is crazy, but like not, it's not hard to follow. It's just really insane plot. Oh, yeah. it, it's, it, it's there to have the action happen. Right, that's all it is. And then and also besides Clive Owen, you have Paul Giamatti as the mm, villain yes, of the yes, film. Yes. He totally hams he's this so thing good. up. He's so he's so into this film. Like yeah. he loves it. Um, there's some there's some ridiculously bad CGI. There's like the skydiving scene that's I so that. so bad nowadays. Oh, but but again, the film was just, it's amazing from start to finish. I had the biggest grin on my face leaving yeah, the theater. 100%. It's just yeah, entertaining action film. Again, I wish I could say I, I didn't do my research beforehand. I apologize if it's on Netflix or Amazon or something. But if you can find it somewhere to watch, please do. Yeah, seriously, like going with like even going with no expectations, yeah. just watch a dumb action film. Yeah. I, I guarantee you'll be entertained in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. All right, that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that one. That's, yeah, that's no, to the point. It's, it's just like the movie. I think you did kind of already spoil this one earlier, but then the last one on the list uh, we're going to talk about today. Towel fights. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I remember from Come this on. movie. All right. <laughs> At an empty theater is all I remember. Or was it an empty theater when we it saw it? It was empty. Yeah. We sat in the very back. Yeah, this is the kind of movie that's probably hard to market. Or, like, if you're going to see this movie, you're going for one of a couple reasons, probably. So I'll get the title out of the way in case people already know what I'm talking about. The movie is called Eastern Promises. 
And you're going for one of a few reasons. Number one, directed by David Cronenberg, who's a great director and a Canadian director to boot. So credit to him. Um, he's, had a, he's had a great career. And uh, it's also, it stars Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. So again, for people who had seen, you know, Lord of the Rings, he's Aragorn, or if you saw like A History of Violence, which is also another Cronenberg film that was really good. But yeah, um, yeah, Viggo Mortensen, you got Naomi Watts, Vincent Castle, um, really good cast. So the movie, but the movie takes place in Russia and it's about, um, you have this Russian family and Viggo Mortensen is like the, he's not part, his character is not part of the family. He's like the bodyguard slash driver enforcer type for this mob family. So Naomi Watts' character is like a nurse at a hospital. And I think what happens is, if I remember the plot correctly, I might be drawing a bit of a blank here. I think that there's like a, like a, a prostitute, uh, goes to the hospital to um she's she's injured or maybe no, she might even be shot i don't remember in some way this, this injured prostitute ends up at the hospital and she gives she she gives birth to this baby and obviously and but the, the woman dies the prostitute dies during the surgery or from the gunshot or whatever she happened i honestly can't remember what happened it's been a while since i've seen the movie <laughs> i always whenever i watch the movie on tv i always catch it like midway through so i don't remember mm. the beginning too well but but it's, anyway, so you have this this baby obviously where the mother has died there's no next to kin or family or anything so the nurse sort of takes care of the baby and then this um uh, father from the the Russian family, um, the mob family. He tries to claim the baby, and she finds out. Long story short, I'm not gonna spoil the whole plot, but she finds out that you know the family has something to do with this prostitute, and maybe it's she, she doesn't. One of them might be the father, right? And then there's this whole sort of like subplot about, you know, the the police trying like trying to infiltrate the, the mafia family, and and it's one of those. So it's like yeah, you have your typical. It's it's it, the, some of the plot can sound very generic. A lot of movies do this where you have like try to have like a yeah, undercover cop or an informant or somebody inside the Russian mafia and um you know but Mortensen's character he does a great job he he pulls off a Russian accent without making it sound too cheesy or over the top <laughs> like most people do when they do Russian accents and like you mentioned I mean when I think of this movie the one thing that stands out to me there's not much violence in the film but the violence that is there is very very violent and yeah. realistic like I won't spoil what happens but let's just say that the best scene in the film and honestly, I'd recommend watching the whole film. Don't just go watch on YouTube because you won't have any context for it. But the best scene in the film, there's like a four or five minute fight scene inside this like Russian bathhouse mm-hmm. where you have Mortensen's character being attacked by a couple of other Russian henchmen. And they have this fight. They have a naked fight. In this. I was going to say, there's nakedness in this Well, one. yeah, the, the two guys that attack him aren't naked. But Mortensen basically has to fight these two guys off with knives fully naked. And, you know, they show everything. So this be a war. <laughs> yes. And if you're watching with your family and they're screaming about male nudity, don't watch this. But, uh... But it, it makes the whole fight feel that much more. I mean, because there's nothing more vulnerable than fighting while you're naked, really. And like you know, you have obviously no pro- no protection, and you just you know every obviously every wound he inflicts during this fight is easily visible, oh, and yeah. there's, there's just blood everywhere in this scene. Yeah. And but yeah, that's the one scene there. I, I remember when I when this movie came out, the reviews would just be like, yeah, that scene <laughs> is like the one that, that that's typical. <laughs> that's why you go watch that's, it. That's Cronenberg right yeah. there. That's what he does is that visceral violence. But. Um, but it's a really good film. It's um, I don't know. I guess based on the subject material, so I'll mention some places that it goes in terms of the prostitute and the the families, like how the the what's the word I'm looking for here the not the influence, how the families was involved with this girl. That that material can be a little hard. Maybe for some people that might not like that type of material. I'll just say like there's a lot of violence implied. Um, nothing is shown implicitly. It's more more. Um, found out through like reading journals and diaries mm. and stuff but yeah the content can be a little tough for, for some people but I think it's a really really well made film um, it's probably I don't know just under two hours I don't remember it feeling overly long it was paced pretty well 
has a great ending too. I love the ending. Like the last five minutes or so of the film is fantastic. And I believe Mortensen did get nominated for Oscar for this one. He didn't win, but I think he was nominated. And uh, yeah, so that's all I got to say about Eastern Promises, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, kind of a nice diverse, again, I've done a pretty good job of breaking up these lists so far in chunks of five of having nice diverse titles. Well, you're doing it in, in chronological order, so I know, thank you but, for when you came out movies. Right, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, I, I just, I'm trying to show, like, of all the movies, I'm not really, like, sticking to one genre on this list. I can, you know, you have, you have a, a born film, you have, let's just call it, you know, an action film, as a born is, I guess, then you have a, revenge thriller film you got a western you got another crazy over-the-top action film then you got more of a subdued drama it's very unconventional now like for those kind of summer releases compared to these days like where yes. it's all like full of superheroes Marvel heroes, and, yeah. yeah well i see that's the other thing that i find very ironic and, and again that's the that's another reason why i think 07 is such a great outlier year for films is that 2008 is when iron man came out Oh, and so that that's when and that basically started changed. the whole trend of superhero yeah. films. I mean, not to make, like I mean, you had Spider Man before this. Spider Man was still huge, like that yep. that trilogy. But I'm just saying, Toby. like this was the first big Marvel, you know. This, well, it started the whole MCU, right? Yes. You had Iron Man, then of course, the end of Iron Man. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it. You know, they tease Nick Fury and the whole Avengers thing, mm-hmm. and after that, you have Incredible Hulk, and then you get into Thor, and then Captain America, and all those. And then from there, it's just for the last decade, it's just Blossomed. been just superhero films everywhere, right? So yeah, oh seven was basically. I don't think I have any. There are no superhero films on my list. It wasn't that kind of year. No, it's very diverse. Man, I tell you, you thought this block of five films was good? Wait till you see, well, two weeks from now, I guess, when we talk about the next block. Man, block of films on the list. And like I said, we're starting to get into awards season here. That's so true, it's that's get true. A lot this more... was like pre-war, pre-award season. Yeah, like a lot of these films were just entertaining that we mentioned. That's true. Not necessarily award-winning films, but entertaining Eastern films. Promises, I don't know if we'd be entertaining. No, I didn't say they're all entertaining. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, it might be entertaining for different reasons, I basically. think it's more Oscar-baity than entertaining. Um... I yeah. would think so. Yeah, I suppose. But So, would you like to give the email shout-out? If you've seen any of our 2007, July to September-ish, maybe-ish yeah, that's what we're saying. movies, or if you, we've missed any so far, let us know at whenoppositesreact at gmail.com. So I think next week, we'll take a bit of a movie break. Um, we'll talk... I'm not sure if it's going to be sports or video game related yet, but... I'll just say that for any listeners who have stuck through the last few weeks of hearing me talk about movies that if that's not your thing, I apologize. I do try and we do try and change up the um, material on here a little bit week to week so that we're not always talking about the same subject. But lately, it's just been revolving around film a lot for, for various reasons. But next week will be either sports or video game related. So if you're into one of those topics, hopefully you tune back in and listen to us. And if you've stuck through everything <laughs> that I've talked about so far, then obviously we appreciate your support and, and you guys listening as always. Feel free to send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll be back at the same time next week. Bye. Bye.